yeah, I just want to give you guys a, a quick report because as we were talking last night, uh, it's been, I, I was here last year in 2022, but it was like in February, I believe. So it's almost two years that I haven't been here and a lot has happened. Uh, as you guys know, in 2020, beginning of 2020, we moved from Tepic, Nigerit, after being there for about 18 years, to Aguas Calientes uh, to plant a church. Uh, just knowing that God had called us and didn't know anybody in the city, didn't know what, what was in store. We didn't know a world pandemic was right around the corner, but we started this church in our house. From our house, we moved to another building. In 2021, we moved to our current location, uh, and the church has not stopped growing since we got there. Uh, we have over 600 people in attendance on Sunday mornings. It's, it's weird for me to even say that. Because we've planted churches for 25 years now, um, and mostly in small towns and villages. And so going into a city, this is a whole new thing for us. Uh, but what God is doing is, uh, it's, it's just a miracle. I have no words for it. Every single Sunday we leave, and me and Azuzena, we just laugh. We're just in awe at what God is doing. Um, and so one of the things that we are teaching our church and kind of bringing them through since we've been there is just doing outreach, sharing your faith, loving your neighbor. Uh, this is just basic Christianity stuff. Love your neighbor, uh, love God. Share the gospel, share your testimony, share what God is doing. And I think a lot of people in our church, this was new to them. The ones that were new Christians, this was very new to them. Even the ones that have been Christians for some time really had never gone through this of like, oh, I could actually tell someone else about Jesus. And so... In order to do that, I, and I don't know if I shared this vision when I came to, uh, almost two years ago, but God put on my heart uh, to buy a food truck. Uh, and through this, I see some of your faces like, oh, that's interesting. It is. It's not like, it's like, well, so we got this food truck. You guys kind of jumped on the picture before I wanted it. But um, <laughs> just leave it, leave it there. Don't jump to the next picture yet. So um, God put this on my heart, and I told my wife, I said, I feel like we need to get a food truck. Uh, and I think we should drive around to hospitals, into neighborhoods, into places, and give out. Uh, free food and pray for people and share the gospel with people through this food truck. Food trucks, I know they're kind of, they're getting pretty big down in Mexico now. Um, and, you know, the different food truck places. I know, obviously, it's like street tacos are a big thing. But this whole food truck craze is like, it's getting big down there. So I was like, well, let's get a food truck. And the easiest thing that we do, the, the easiest thing to do is burritos. Uh, bean burritos. Everyone loves bean burritos. I mean, even in Mexico, everyone loves, everyone eats and loves bean burritos. And so we basically make, we've, we've made up to a thousand bean burritos. And we go to different places. One of our biggest places that we go to are the hospitals because the small towns don't have hospitals. So people have to come from an hour, two hours, three hours away to get to these hospitals, and they're not allowed inside. So outside of the hospital is just filled with family members that are waiting to get inside for a half-hour uh, visiting period with their family members. Um, we have noticed that these people are desperate. They're without hope. They're upset. They don't know what's happening a lot of the times. And we pull up in a food truck, and we give out burritos. We have signs that, just huge signs that actually say, free burritos in prayer. And we pull up, and we give out burritos, and we pray for people. 
And up until now, nobody has said no to the prayers. I mean, the, the, even the people that want to say no, like, I don't want you to pray, they already took the burrito, and so then they feel, <laughs> I mean, you already ate the burrito, now, now you have to say yes. No one's going to say no to prayer after they got the burrito. And so here, I think the next picture is one of the events that we did Food truck opens up. This was the marathon uh, in our city. It's the Aguas Calientes Marathon. We are now an official kind of sponsor of that marathon. Uh, we are in four points throughout the 26-mile loop uh, that we've done. We do worship. We have our food truck. We have another stand. Uh, and, you know, we're able to do stuff in the city. This is at the finish line. So not only did everyone that ran uh, the marathon get a burrito in prayer, but also their family members. But now in this, so this is an awesome ministry, and it's just, we actually have a waiting list of people that want to be a part of this ministry, uh, which is incredible to me because most churches don't have a waiting list for street evangelism. That's usually the one that you're like begging people, will you go out with us? So, I mean, to have a waiting list to get on, a waiting list for people to actually make the beans. I mean, this is, it's pretty amazing. But while we were getting the food truck made, and you guys could hold up a second. While we were getting the food truck made, this guy in the church sent me a... Uh, like a, an ad for a school bus, a big yellow school bus that was for sale. But inside of this school bus was a full industrial kitchen. It was actually kind of like a street restaurant that was working. They did pizzas and tacos and other things in Aguas Calientes. They closed down during the pandemic. And so they were selling this school bus for the equivalent of $5,000. Um, so this guy wrote me and said, here, I know you've been sharing the vision uh, in the church about the food truck, but I, I saw this. I want to know what you think. And like right away, I was like, I'm not driving around in a big yellow school bus. Like these towns are small. The streets, people are still on horses. We're not like going in in a school bus. And I was just like, this isn't, that's not going to work. This, the, the vision is a, is, a, is a food truck to get around to these towns. And that night I went to bed and I could not sleep. I was just laying in bed thinking about this school bus. And, uh, school bus, and I really felt the Holy Spirit tell me to get it. And I told my wife, I said, I, I think we need to buy the school bus. But we're, we're not going to use it to drive around. We're going we're gonna to park it. I mean, just the industrial kitchen alone is $5,000. And when we plant a church, one of the first things we build is a kitchen. Uh, so we can do outreach and share with people. And so I just felt like, let's get the bus and plant a new church with this school bus. Um, and we'll, 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 we'll park it and we'll build a roof and we'll build the church around the school bus. So that was a Saturday. So on Sunday morning, I shared the vision with the church. They all think I'm crazy. I'm like, we're, I know we're getting a food truck made and you guys have been giving towards this um, food truck, but now I want to get a school bus. And they're just like, why are we coming to this church, you know? <laughs> and so we bought the school bus, we rented some property, and here is the picture. We planted a church with a school bus. Look at it. We just did it this year, and we have over 100 people. Going to this, we, you know what we call it? The school bus church. <laughs> I mean, that's about as creative as we can get. We call it the school bus church. We rent a porta john because we don't, this is just a property that we saw. We built this little roof thing. That little tent on the side is where kind of we, I don't know, I don't know why that's there. And over to that side, we have, there's another picture. We have a, uh, we have the porta potty and we do this service, we do two services at the other church, 10 and 12, and then we do a service here at 5 o'clock every single Sunday. I think there's another picture of the people. I mean, look, look at it. It's, look at that. 
People are going to the school bus church. People have gotten saved. We're praying for people. And then the cool thing about that is, is as soon as we're done with service, windows flip open and we start serving burritos. There, uh, we've kind of gotten more creative there. It's a, it's a little easier to get to do more stuff there. But we planted another church this year. So now besides that main church that we planted four years ago, we have three other churches in towns that we planted. And one of them is the school bus church. We have never in 25 years have seen such a harvest of people. In a harvest of souls. Um, I think it's because of 20 some years of just being faithful. I have nothing else to say. It's not anything we're doing. No one really likes my jokes like you guys do. It's not my preaching. It's not us. It's just God is doing something amazing down there. And I mean, you, this this one is even more amazing because there is nothing attractive about the school bus church. We literally have an outhouse. The kids meet like is about as far as I am to that wall outside. We're outside, okay? The kids are there. They're noisy. They're, we don't have a room. We don't have, there's not a kid's room. There's not, we rent the chairs, Every single week, we rent the porta potty, we rent the property, and people just keep showing up. And it's amazing what is happening. Um, just a quick testimony we did just a couple of weeks ago. We did a youth conference. I think that's it with the pictures right now. We did a youth conference. Um, this has been on our heart now for a couple of years, but we haven't had kids, youth, in the church to do a youth conference. Now we have a youth group. We have a college-age group. Again, they just keep growing. And so the leaders got together and told me that, you know, they wanted to do this youth conference. And I said, go for it. It was three days uh, just this past November. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, in the evenings. We had over 200 kids every single night between high school and college age. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, told me on Monday morning, she said, Dad, I started to think, I went through this time that I started to think God doesn't answer prayer. And I was struggling, and I was, I was, I didn't tell you guys, but I just, she, she did our Bible school. She's just, she loves the Lord. She's on our worship team. But she said, Dad, I was just really struggling in my faith, thinking God doesn't answer prayer. And she said, me and Vanessa, that's my other daughter, she said, we prayed and prayed and prayed when we got here for teenagers, for youth. And I remember, I mean, we got there and they were so upset. I was like, guys, you guys are going to have more friends than you could ever imagine, you know. And then, then the pandemic hits and they're stuck in the house with us watching, you know, Netflix and praying. I think we prayed too. And, and don't act like you didn't watch Netflix, okay. And, 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 and there, was no, there was no youth group. There was no, we were just barely doing these services, and the youth groups in the, in the college age have slowly been growing. And she said, Dad, I was there on Sunday night, standing in the back, just watching 200 kids worship God. And she said, and I felt God speak to me and say, I do answer prayer. I do answer prayer. And it just encouraged me so much that this, my daughter's faith, was grew basically through this. Um, and with that, I kind of want to share with you guys just something that God's put on my heart, and I'll probably throw in some other things about Mexico in here. But Hebrews 10.36, you guys have it on your uh, notes that I sent in early. Hebrews 10.36, okay? Patient endurance. Everyone said patient endurance. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will, then you will receive all that he has promised. It was August 17th of 1997 that I made the decision 
at my home church in Orland Hills, Christian Hills Church, um, I made the decision to follow Christ. Um, or maybe better said, I, I believe God called me that day. Um, called me to follow him. Even though I had grown up at that church, I was 20 years old at the time, right then when that happened. Even though I had grown up in that church, um, I got away from the Lord for some time. I, and, and I don't believe, even though I grew up there, I, I don't believe that I was ever truly uh, what I consider a follower of Christ. So it was, it was on that date that I gave my life to the Lord. And even though it's been hard over this past 20-some years, and I've not been perfect by any means, I'm still going strong, following the Lord. And I have no, I have no plan B. I have no other Option. I have no other, it's not even a thought, and it was never a thought at all in my head back then that, well, I'm just going to try this out, I'm going to see if this works, I'm going to see if I like this. It was never a thought, it was just, I, I got this, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. I saw that, take up your cross and follow me, and, and, and I just, I even knew then, okay, this, this is a long life journey. And even though there's things along the way, it's just little by little, keep going forward. God called me then to Mexico. I got to Mexico. I had a guitar in one hand, a suitcase in another. I didn't speak that much Spanish. I just kept, this is God's call me. I'm just going forward little by little. Patient endurance is what you need. Now, for me, it's 28 years or more. For some of you guys, it's even longer how many of you guys have been walking with the Lord for more than 25 years? I just want to see more than 30 years, uh, more than 40, 50 years. Just kind of say hi to me. Uh, all right. Um, I mean, Pastor Bob knew the disciples. <laughs> like he, he was with them and in, in, in talked with them. Uh, you, you, you will, yeah. I mean, Pastor Bob and Debbie were the youth pastors at my home church when I was little. I mean, to me, they've just always, like, they know Jesus. They, they, they actually met him. I didn't want to include Debbie in that, but you're much younger than him. Um, and a lot of you guys have, have done this for a long time. But here, here's the sad thing, okay? I think we all know people that are still alive. It's not like they, they've not, they're, they're just, they just aren't following the Lord anymore. They tried it out for a little bit. Something happened. Someone offended them at church. It wasn't what they thought. It wasn't so the pastor said something or someone made fun of them or I, I don't know. There's a number of reasons that people start out, but they don't finish. And it's so, it, it, for me as a pastor, it's discouraging. Um, and it's something, honestly, I've been focusing on through my sermons down there in Mexico. I think one of my life verses, life messages is based on Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. And I, I love speaking on our identity in Christ. I think it's what I speak on most. But lately I've been speaking on this uh, through, I think, August, September, October, November. I've been speaking to our congregation and people of just like, Hey, guys, just let's finish. Yeah. Like, you started this. You're walking with Christ. Don't give up. 
And this is the message that the author of Hebrews is putting here. He says, you guys, because there was a lot, they, they started getting persecuted and things started happening and they were going through a hard time. So people just started saying, forget this. I'm not going on. I'm not going to do this. I wasn't expecting this. And so the author writes and says, hey, hey, everybody stop. Patient endurance is what you guys need. You started this. This is a long journey, and it's not always going to go how you think. Patient endurance is what you guys need right now. We see in the parable of the sower that Jesus shares with the disciples about a, a, a man came, and he sowed seed, and he gives different types of a, a description of different types of soil. And after he tells the story, it's kind of funny because he gives a description later and the description's pretty much the same as the parable, but his, his disciples are like, what does that mean? You know, I just, they don't get it. And I mean, we weren't there. Maybe we wouldn't have gotten, gotten it either at the time. But then Jesus goes on to explain the different types of soil. And he says, now, now here's the explanation. So some of it, you know, some of the seed fell and it was, it was good. It was planted in a good heart, but others fell in, in rocky soil. Others fell along the road and, and the sun dried it up or the birds came and, and they, they ate the seed. Others were, they were just discouraged. It said that they fell among the thorns and, and that represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by worries of this life. No fruit is produced. There's one, and, and I think this is a lot of people. It says that the seed that fell on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and they immediately receive it with joy, but they don't have roots. And since they don't have roots, they quickly dies out. I, I think, me, me personally, I think that's what we see a lot of today in the United States of America, and we see it also in Mexico. People receive it with joy, like, oh, that sounds good. I like it. It sounds nice. But then they get into it and like, ah, there's no roots. They don't really want to, I don't want people to, I don't want to be identified as a Christian. I I, I don't want to, I don't want to be fanatic. I I don't want to be, I don't, and, and it's just like, come on. This isn't a phase that we're going through. Okay, we're, we're, we're in this, guys. To the end. Patient endurance is what you need. And and, and here I, I got point number one. You guys could write in the word endurance. The fact, this is this is the definition. The fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving up. Uh, another word that's very similar to endurance is the word perseverance, and that means persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. And, and I think I think that's where people go wrong here with Christianity because it's it's hard for people to define success in Christianity. Well, what is it? Um, is success not swearing? Like, I don't swear anymore. Well, good for you. I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. Is that successful? You know, like, oh, I, 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 you know, I love Jesus. I don't smoke crack anymore. All right, great. Good job. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's different for everybody. There's some people like, well, I completed the Bible you know, in one year, and other people, it's just, they're just kind of getting through. I mean, it's, it's hard to define it, and so people compare themselves with others' success, and they don't feel as good, and so they give up. Persistence, I mean, it, really, success in Christianity is just, I'm going after Jesus. I mean, that's it. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I'm going after Jesus. Success is is Jesus. You know, when people people kind of joke of like, what's the answer in church? The answer today in all of my questions is Jesus. It's Jesus. Well, what are we going after? Jesus. What's our goal? Jesus. What's the prize? Jesus. Why are we enduring? Jesus. Endurance. Patient endurance. So I'm just going to kind of go through, and you guys see it here in your notes. I'm going through 
basically Hebrews 10, 32 to like 38. It's just this portion of scripture that God has put on my heart. So we go back to 32 and it says, think back. This is what the author's saying to the people to just help them endure. He goes, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering? Do you remember those days? Do you remember when you received Christ? Anybody? Do you remember that day? I remember August 17th. 1997. I remember that day. And not only that, I remember going home and calling my sister, who was in Arizona at the time, who had moved out there, and she was praying for me. She was sending me verses in the mail. She was out there with with these other youth pastors that we had worked with, and she also gave her life back to Christ, moved out there. She was serving in the church, and I was just a pothead. And she's sending me verses in the mail. I don't think there was email back then. I was actually getting verses from my sister in a letter in the mail. And I would throw them out. I was so mad. And that day I gave my heart to the Lord. I called my sister. And I said, guess what? I remember that joy. I told everybody. I got I got the this old Christian Hills kind of... Like um, the, the, the phone book thing. And I went through and I looked for my friends from junior high and high school that, that I knew were not serving the Lord, that I grew up with in the church. And I called them to tell them I received Christ. No one cared. Nobody. They were like, why are you, for, why are you, we haven't talked in six years. Are you, I know I'm just so excited. I'm following Jesus. I wanted to tell you, remember, we went to Sunday school together. They're like, barely. I don't. You're who? <laughs> who are you again? Me, my sister, Dawn. We went. We grew up at Christian Hills. I just, I was so excited. Yeah. And, and that's what the author, he's like, guys, think back. I know you're getting discouraged right now because you're going through a hard time. But think back to those early days. Remember when you were so excited? When you opened the Bible and everything was just... God's speaking to me and God's doing something. And then things start getting hard. And then things don't go as you thought they were going to go. And then you went through a divorce. Then you lost the house. Then, I don't know, someone offended you. It's all quiet. Because you guys know this is true. These are the reasons that people stop following Christ. They stop this journey of eternal salvation. Because someone said something about their tie. It's so stupid. I don't know if that's the correct theological word. But it's just, it's stupid. Like, for real, you, you, don't, you don't love Jesus anymore because you, you had to buy a new transmission and the money didn't come in. But so-and-so got blessed and shared the testimony of their blessing, but you didn't get the blessing. And so, well, now this isn't working. I'm not staying. Like, for real, you're going to base your eternal salvation on something so petty. And I, and I know I'm not, I'm not taking, making light of your struggles. And I, I don't think the author is here too. So he goes, think back on those early days. There were struggles. There were things. There was difficulty. But he said, you remain faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. I think the thing is, is just, a long time of terrible suffering, it wears on you. Yes or no? It does. It's just like, come on. That's why we have this word. Patient endurance is what you need right now. I've had, you guys, I've had to do this in my head so many times. Patient endurance. Tony, patient endurance. When I, you know, now, now we're... Before we we planted churches and we kind of put pastors in 
And we would move on to another church. And we're still doing that. I mean, we're still, you guys see the school bus church. We're still planting churches. But my wife and I have kind of moved into a, a, a season in our life where we are kind of, we're more pastoring uh, the, the people there in, in Mexico and pastoring these pastors that we're working with. And, and people are so difficult. They just are, especially Christian people. Like the people you think shouldn't be difficult are the most difficult people in the world where I'm just like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And I'm not, I'm not politically correct. I say what I'm thinking. I shouldn't. I know you get in trouble for that, but I do it all the time. And when I'll see my wife look at me because I like, I'll tell people, I'm like, and I say it like, what is, what is wrong with you? What do you have, rocks in your brain? What are you doing? You know, my wife's like, well, maybe you could say it in a more loving way. <laughs> but it's, it's just, you know, and, that, and then I just the Holy Spirit speaks. To patient endurance, Tony, is what you need. Patient endurance. And the problem isn't that we get tired physically, but it, we get tired spiritually and emotionally. People start out good, but then, then they forget why they started out in the first place. This, I'm going to remind you, if you're going through this and you need patient endurance today, I'm going to remind you right now why you started out in the first place. Jesus Christ. Okay? Jesus Christ. The focus always goes back to him. The problem is the, the whole patient endurance thing in the I'm going through a hard time, it's the, the focus becomes on us over time. It just happens. Okay, it's happened to me lots of times. It's happened to you lots of times. Don't, don't act like it hasn't. We, we get discouraged and it's like, I'm going through a hard time. I don't have the money. This is happening to me. I'm tired. I'm emotionally stressed. I'm, 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 me, me, me. And so the focus is on us. And of course we're going to get tired. But we need to, turn that focus back on why did we get started in the first place? Jesus Christ. <laughs> so here's, here's verse 33. Now, we're just kind of going down here. Sometimes, this is 33 to 35, sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule, and you were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You helped them. Do you remember when you were doing that? When you helped others? When you were praying for others? You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all your, all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You were just so excited about Jesus. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. What an awesome verse. You knew there were better things waiting for you that are going to last forever because the things that are happening right now, they're temporary. But there's something coming that will last forever. And you knew it. And you were excited about it. And it says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Don't throw it away because you're having a hard time. Remember the great reward that it brings you. Remember that great reward that's ahead. And here's what it is, guys, okay? Uh, again, the answer is always Jesus this morning, okay? Who is our great reward? Who are we waiting for? Who's coming back a second time? We're about to celebrate his first coming, but there's going to be a second coming. And that's what we're excited about. And that's why I can endure, and that's why I can be patient when dealing with stupid people. Because there's a great reward. And it's Jesus. It's not even, and I'm so glad that my, my daughter saw that and said, God answers prayer. But that's not even the great reward. The great reward isn't 200 youth. The great reward, it's still Jesus. We're all looking forward. Our blessed hope is the second coming of Christ. We're all going to see it. So be patient and endure the trials and trouble and things that are happening because it's ahead of us, guys. And it's going to happen. I don't care. Nowadays, everyone's talking about, there's such weird, just stoner theology. It's the only thing I could think of to say. Marijuana smoking theology about the second coming of Christ. 
And we just, I don't know every detail. I'm not an expert in that. All I know is he's coming back and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. That's, that's why I can endure. He is our great reward. Everything that has been promised to us, even if we don't get it here on earth, it will be fulfilled when Jesus comes back. It's going to happen. So don't throw in the towel. That's why he says here, guys, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't just stop because you're not getting the promises here. It's coming. We, we, we have such a focus, and I'm going to be very careful on how I say this, but we have such a focus on temporary blessings, temporary promises. And they're awesome promises and blessings that we get along the way, but it's not the main goal. The, the, the main blessing, the main thing, the blessed hope is Jesus Christ. We get things along the way and it's awesome. But the problem is, is when we don't get things along the way, people are like, well, I'm done. But that's not the goal, guys. Don't give up. I've done, and I never think it's going to help me in any sermons, but in this one it does. I, I do endurance sports. I do triathlons marathons, things like that all the time. I don't know why. They're stupid too. I don't know why I do these things. It's, it's crazy. And there's such a, it's, it's amazing when you finish. But the whole process is just, in, in a full Ironman race is about 11 or 12 hours long of swimming, biking, and running. Again, I don't know why I do it. And there's, but I've compared it so much to this, where you run to a table and you get a Gatorade and it's the greatest thing in the world. But it's not, it's not the goal. The goal isn't the first table getting a Gatorade. And then I'm done. No, I still have 110 miles to bike. Okay, I mean, and then you run a marathon at the end and your first table, you get a banana and it's like, this is the greatest banana I've ever had. (laughs) But I don't stop. That's not the goal. And if I get to a table and they're out of stuff, which has happened, they're like, sorry, we don't have anything. And it's just like, I'm not done. But that's what we do. We, We as Christians, we run and we get to the table and the blessing's not there. And we're like, well, I'm done. The blessing isn't Gatorade. There's, keep going. Jesus is our great reward. Let me go fast here. Number two. Number two, patience. Patience is what you guys need. So the first one is endurance, but patient endurance. So that word patience, and I know we've heard it and we talk about it in church, but it's really the key to perseverance, being patient. It's this, this whole Christianity thing. It's a long, long journey. It's a whole life. It's a life thing that you're doing. Please don't look at it as a phase if you're new here, please don't. Like, oh, I'm just trying it out. No, this is a long, long life journey, okay? Yeah. I learned the song as a kid. I have decided to follow Jesus. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Are, are you guys with me? You guys know that song. I have decided, and it's just walking and going, and sometimes I'm running, and sometimes I'm excited, and other times I'm walking, and other times I'm crawling, and other times I'm laying there. But a righteous man gets up seven times, and you keep patient endurance is what I need. I'm going to keep going. I'm not seeing the blessing. I'm not seeing this happening. It's not all going how I want. It's This is not what I thought. Patient endurance is what you need. Patient endurance, the word patience. So here, now we're going to Hebrews 10, 37 through 39. Just kind of, I don't normally preach this way, but I love it. (laughs) For in just a little while. Isn't that annoying when you see that in the Bible? The trials and temptations that you're going through, they're temporary. 
And you're like, oh, it doesn't feel that way. But he says here, just a little while. The coming one will come and not delay. Again, that's the prize. The blessed hope. The second coming of Jesus. It's going to happen. You guys need patient endurance in a little bit. This is all going to be over. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. No turning back. No turning back. But we are not like those who turn away. Say it. We're not like those. Say it. Everybody. We're not like those. I'm not like that. We're not those that turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. You guys are the faithful ones. Stick to it. Keep going. Don't give up. I'm sorry that you're going through a hard time, but be patient. Endure. You're going to get through it. I am telling you. And even, listen, guys, even if it never happens here on earth, patient endurance is what we need. Every promise will be fulfilled when Christ comes back. Just a little while. James 5, 7 through 8. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. There's so many times in the New Testament that the word patience goes along with the coming of the Lord. Be patient. That's the blessed hope. That's the goal. That's everything. And the last point here, faith. That's kind of how I want to wrap this up here, and the worship team can come on up. Here's the the, the question, okay, in anything that, I, I have shared, and I, I do this down there. I usually kind of share something, and then people go, well, well, now what do I do? Okay, how, how do we do? How do we finish? How do we keep going? How do we get patience and patient endurance? How do we do that? By faith. And, and he says it here, okay, um, in, in Hebrews 10, 30, 38, okay? When it says, just a little while, just a little while, the coming one will not come and not delay. In 30, verse 38 says, and my righteous ones will live by faith. How, how do I, how do I patiently endure? Faith. Pastor Bob added Hebrews 11, 1. This is what I thought was funny. I didn't, when I sent my notes ahead of time, I was repeating the verse in Hebrew. So I thought, well, I'm not going to put it in my notes because I'm repeating a verse in Hebrews 10, 37 through 39. And so last night when we were eating, Pastor Bob said, well, I noticed you didn't have a verse in point three. So I added a verse for you. And I was like, oh, okay. And in my head, I was thinking, well, I wonder what that verse is. I'm excited. So that, Hebrews 11, it's not in my original notes, but you need it. It's a good verse. Your pastor thinks you need that verse. I just thought it was funny. He's like, well, I saw you didn't, so I added. And I was thinking, what else did you add? I'll find out in the morning. But there was a reason I didn't have anything there, because I was repeating Hebrews 10, 38. But just... Because we love Pastor Bob, let's read Hebrews 11, 1 and verse 6. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Verse 6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I should have had this verse in there. I'm glad it's there today. Faith. How do we endure? How do we keep going? Faith. Why faith? I know it's, I know you guys all want something deeper. Yeah, give us something deeper. No, no, that's the problem. Everybody wants something so deep and it's not deep enough, so they give up. I know that there's 
trials and troubles and things that happen along the way that are difficult. But Christianity in just it following Jesus, it, it's not that deep and difficult. It's literally just I'm walking every single day with Jesus. And I hold his hand and he walks with me and talks with me. You guys know it. That's, 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 it's a whole long journey. And I pray and I read my Bible and I worship God and I love others. And things happen along the way and I get discouraged and sometimes I'm not going that fast. It's not a race to see who finishes first. It's just a long journey that we finish. And we hold on to Jesus and we just walk. And we don't get ahead of him. He's not following us. He didn't say, guys, start walking and I'll follow you. He said, follow me. And he said, take up your cross, which is an instrument of crucifixion. It's an instrument of death. Is someone going to start playing? Like I even have in my notes, point number three, <laughs> crucifixion. And then there's like a, like, a, like a moment there that makes it more intense because of the music. It's an instrument of death. Bam. Like, a, yeah, yeah. We need like an E minor for that one. Like, like a, okay. I was getting nervous that they were just standing there. Sorry. You guys, this is a whole, whole long thing. And I want you guys to know something. I am more excited today about Jesus than I ever have been. And tomorrow I'm going to be more excited than I am today. There's little blessings along the way. But even if I don't get those blessings... I'm still in this, guys. I I literally have no other. I mean, it's it's my life. I want it to be your life. Just, I'm in this. He says, you you endured people making fun of you. Some of you guys that are in school and your friends make fun of you or you lose friends because you're a Christian. Who cares? In the long run, you love them and and, and pray for them, but don't get dragged. Don't give up because someone made fun of you because you go to youth group. Or in your job. Well, they make fun of me because I'm a Christian. What are you, for? (laughs) You're a grown man. You can't stick up for yourself in your job. Like, for real. Like, tell him to shut up. <laughs> Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean, hey, shut up, guys. I love Jesus. I, I mean, right? I, again, maybe I'm just thinking out loud. My wife gets mad at me when someone's like, can you pray for me? And, you know, they're making fun of me at work. I'm like, what? Are you for, I'm praying for that? For real? I mean, I'll pray for you. Lord, please help this person man up. In the name of Jesus. Are you kidding me? Be a man. In the name of Jesus. Patient endurance is what you need. Can you guys stand with me today? I want to pray for you. Pray with you. I don't know if I went over on time. I think I'm fine. Pray for the food truck ministry. Guys, we have led people to Christ through this ministry. Pray for the school bus ministry, the school bus church. We have two other churches there that this season we're doing Christmas programs in all of these places. We're giving out toys. We're doing, it's just, there's a lot. We're about to go into this next couple of weeks of just, I know you guys too, it's a lot. And just, just pray for us, pray for provision that we can do all of these events. Pray for us. In, in the main church, God has been so good and it's so prosperous. The school bus church, we, we need to eventually build regular bathrooms. 
We need to eventually buy the chairs and not rent them, but uh, no one seems to care for the meantime. Uh, and we're just going to continue to go forward, keep sharing the love of Christ, keep sharing the gospel. And if you guys are, again, I'm, I pray for you too. You guys pray for us. Can you guys close your eyes this morning? If you're going through a hard time and God spoke to you today, that's, that's the word for you, okay? Patient endurance. Patient endurance is what you need. Please don't be in this just to try it out, to see if you like it. Young people, don't think like, oh, this is just a phase. No, no, no. You guys, we're in this. This is a lifelong thing. I am in this. And one day, guys, we're all going to stand before Jesus. We're literally going to see Jesus face to face. And he's going to hug us. And he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You did it. And all of these life trials are not even going to be on your mind at that time. When Jesus is holding you saying, great job, you're finished. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the author here of Hebrews who has written these words to us and has reminded us of, of why why we're doing this. Think back on those early days and why we're in this. And, and, and more importantly, that patient endurance is what we need right now. And Lord, there's many people here this morning that this is the word for them. Patient endurance is what you need to just keep going one foot in front of the other. Lord, and I know that there's people here today, single moms and people going through a hard time that are just, they just want to give up. And Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you spoke to them this morning to get up and keep going. May not see every promise, may not have every prayer answered, but you are our blessed hope. You're the reason that we're doing this. And even though we're tired or discouraged, we get up today and we put one foot in front of the other and we just say, I have decided to follow Jesus. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. Patient endurance is what we need right now. Thank you, Father. Bless your church. In your name we pray. Amen.